Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Wednesday. Murph's not here. He's taking a well-earned break. He's down on the South Coast somewhere, I think. So I thought, Murph's away. Stocks can play. What should we talk about? And I figured now would be a good time to talk about something that Murph and I do differently. And I thought that projections would be a good thing to talk about because I've had a few people ask me about, you know, how I come up with my rankings. Do I do projections? Stuff like that. And I figured Murph and I do ours very differently. So it would be good to go through the process of talking about how I do my projections, how they eventually come out as my rankings. And then I thought my guy Rob from last season's five, uh, Fast Action Friday podcast and season writer uses the same projection model as I do. Uh, last season, I asked him to come and help me via Zoom on some rankings mid-season because I got a bit sort of stuck as to where I thought people should go. And he kindly jumped on. And from there, he started using the model and did some projections. And I think he's going to go for it all this season. So I thought I'll hit Rob up. And he was gracious enough to come on. And we're going to talk through some projections and the model we use, where we got it, what we find it like, and stuff like that. So Rob, man, welcome back. Pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's nice to be here again. I think the last time I was uh, on the flagship show was with Murph um, several months ago. So nice to be back here. I think we we could possibly be one of the the small few from the five 
five-yard group that don't have a birthday this week as well. So, you know, I feel <laughs> privileged to be here. Happy birthday to the fellas. But uh, no, it's, it's my week this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, today we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, it is Mark's birthday, the DFS Mark, and he's at Pepper Pig World. Don't know whether he's made it out alive or not. So, Mark, if you're still in there and you need some trouble, shine the bat light up and uh, someone will come and get you. But happy birthday, my man. So, Rob, we're talking some projections. We should, you know, I, do you obviously don't have your projections anywhere except for yourself and your personal rankings and stuff. And perhaps that might change coming into the season because it would be good if we had a greater range of, of projections to, to whittle down to, you know, the, the end of the weekly rankings. So if, if more people got involved with our projections and we come up with a five yard list that is longer than just mine and Murph's, it, it should hopefully be a bit more accurate as long as people are using some form of scientific approach to ranking rather than just throwing people's in a list because you can do that but it might not be the most accurate so perhaps maybe this season we'll get some we'll try and get you built into into our projections and rankings model room for the season and stuff but how do you find projecting players helps you with your rankings or selections or trade targets and stuff like that um well i'm i'm a very much a factual person so um finding finding a base of the facts and stats that i can use that might help me in making those projections um they really come in handy the you know the several websites that they they have the stats from previous seasons and bringing all those stats together and collating them and um finding averages and medians and, and means that you know, really gives a, a good picture of what a player can do over certain years and you know that really helps inform me get a good a good picture of what those players can do and put putting that into um into the projection models that we've, we've used um, like when we used it mid mid season for mm-hmm. yourself and like at the start of this season as well, you know, just give it, give a, a, a good picture. Obviously you, you have your own opinions on players, like people have the guys as well, but you know, having, having those stats to back up your, your opinions on those things really helps. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, it, it helped me to come up with a list that I trusted. And I think, as long as you believe in your own process, whether it be right or wrong, as you, as long as you follow your process and you adjust your process accordingly to how you see fit, I think having that is a good baseline to then do start sits or trade targets and stuff like that. And I think as well, it also adds depth of knowledge of roster. So you might not necessarily know the wide receiver three or four. Um, we could, we could talk about someone like uh, Zacchaeus at the Falcons. Now, if you weren't a deep, fantasy player last season you might not know who he is but now with Julio gone he might have a little bit more relevance this year because when Julio was out last year he had a couple of good games so it it helps you to build your knowledge on depth charts at least and I think it gives me a slightly better understanding of how teams use the football whether they're run or pass first teams you know how many attempts they have because people are talking about Julio to the Titans now and yeah but the Titans threw the ball I think 150 odd times less than the Falcons did last season so if you plug in numbers in, then it helps me to sort of see patterns and stuff emerge because I'm not the most, I'm the first to admit I'm not the most analytical guy. If it gets too deep stat wise, I get a bit lost. Whereas I know for a fact, Rob, you are completely the opposite way around. I've seen your spreadsheets you've created and there's like more numbers in there than there is words in the Bible. So we are, it's good in a way that 
you know, Murph has a different model he uses for his rankings, whereas you and I use the same base model. So it's good that we can compare our different approaches and statues and stuff, but you come out with the same model. So we can talk about the model in the same way, but we have different approaches, whereas it would be different for me and Murph because it wouldn't be comparable in the models we use. So it, it gives a bit of a baseline to today's episode. And I, I also wanted to do it because it's not as hard as people think to go and do projections because the model we're going to talk about today is very simple to use uh, when you, where you get it straight from the website. I mean, mm. I, you obviously didn't have any trouble making it work or using it or anything like that when you first came across it. Not at all. No, when you first introduced me to the, the templates of things and um, I think it was it was pretty much set out team by team when when you got it and it was um, it was just taking out, you know, the, the standard name and putting in the name of the player and the, the formulas were fairly straightforward as well. And it, yeah, it just made it really easy to produce a projection for a team to be able to see what you thought those players were going to get and done it in a really visual format, which I think is really useful. Yeah. And and the good thing is you don't need to know about Excel because it is on a Google Sheets uh, format. And I think you can probably get it on Excel as well, but you don't need to know any of the formulas to make it work. The formulas are already in there. You just plug in your numbers and it, it throws stuff out at the end. So it would be remiss of me to not mention where we got it. And I'm sure... 95% of Russian nation who are listening know who fantasy pros are. They know who Kyle Yates is. And on his website, uh, Kyle, I think it's kyleyates.com. I'm not entirely sure on that. But if you just type in Kyle Yates NFL projections model, it will come up and it's on his website. It's free. You download it, make a copy of it, and, and it's there for you to use in your Sheets or Excel or however else you could probably do it. And, um, you know, Kyle was kind enough to put this out onto the website for people to use for free. And, it was a very easy way for me to get into projections because it's very basic, like we said. And and I think there are some people who do projections and then they tweak their rankings off of that projection where I am very much, these are my projections, this is the rankings it spits out, that's what I'm going to go with. I don't make any then player list adjustments because I, I sort of, I'm going off my projections and I feel that that's the most trustworthy way for me to do it. I don't know, Rob, do you tweak it at all? Or, um, Well, I, I've just um, this week put in the rookies from, from this year's drafts as well. So it's it's been looking at where their landing spots have been and then trying to get a feel of if there was going to be a target share for players there or they were going to get a share of the, the ball. Um and then just just changing those sheets, and like I say before, it's really easy to do. You you take a player out, you put a player in, you you put in the values that you think you, they're going to get for like the uh, yards per reception and yards per carry, and then you put the targets in, and it comes out with you know the receptions and the yards, and and you add in the touchdowns later on. So um, yeah, really super straightforward. And I, I I think as we get closer towards the season starting, and you start to see news coming out from the camps and you know the OTAs have started uh, the last few weeks as well you can make really easy adjustments as well so by the time you come to that game week one in in September you've you've pretty much got a, a nice set of rankings to go off there yeah absolutely like Rob says it when you download it it literally says let's take Arizona for instance it would say QB1 QB2 RB1 RB2 RB3 and you just replace that with the names of the players on that team uh, if you go to, I know I got the depth chart from ourlads.com. They've got all the up-to-date NFL depth charts. So it's just a case of copying it, well, writing it in. I didn't know, I don't know if there's a way to copy and paste it in. Probably not, but it didn't take long. And then you can get all the relevant data you need 
like Rob said, off of off of websites like Fantasy Pros or anywhere you trust the data to be correct. As long as you use the same data for every player from the same website, then you haven't got any sort of discrepancies as to information inputted. And it it takes a little while, Rob, to to get used to doing it and the first time you do it, it does take a long time because you have to input all the data but then once you've got the data inputted you can make tweaks and it's got quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end rankings tabs that you can just quickly adjust into correct order so as soon as you make a tweak say let's for instance christian mccaffrey you think he's going to get an extra 10 receptions you quickly put that in go to running back rankings and then you do the you do the filter to, to correct it. And Christian McCaffrey is still number one, but he's, he's got another 10 points. Um, it's, it's so simple to use. And I think it's a really good resource for people wanting to improve at fantasy football because I think it's better to use your own rankings than follow someone else's because then you can't be wrong. Follow that the other people can't be wrong the only person who can be wrong is you and therefore you can adjust your model or your thinking to correct that rather than follow people who might get it right or wrong does that make sense that i am i on the oh, right yeah, line yeah. yeah i mean it's a, it's a learning experience isn't it the first the first season i expect this time to be horribly horribly wrong um <laughs> but then it's a learning experience because it's it's what i put together and i followed some processes so i can look at those processes and go I got this wrong in this area, but I've got this area right, so I need to tweak it for next time. And I imagine that's what a lot of analysts have done over the years. They've taken those first-year rankings and they've just improved and improved every year that's gone by. Yeah, and, and, and just it is a constant tweaking game. And you add in, I know, I think if you do it over a few years, you can add in some other metrics that you might perhaps like or add adjustments to here and there. And, and it's very simple because... You put in the total plays of the team, how many passing plays, how many running plays. And then as you add in your numbers, it deducts them from the total and gives you a running total of that. So if you've got 100 pass attempts, which is very low, but let's just say for an example, you have 100, you throw that across the team. And if you've gone over, it will tell you you've gone over. If you're under, it still says you've got five left, so you can adjust them out. And I know on my first year, Rob, I, Murph sent me a chart which has got five-year team average, uh, the last five years and an average for each team. So that's how I put my total plays in because it, it was a simple yet effective way of getting the average of those teams. But I know this year we've done it a little different. You were gracious enough to help me build my initial model for the book and and you broke down coaches and, and plays ran and explain to Rush Nation how you went about that process. So yeah, it was a it was a little bit uh, more detailed than just the the last five years average. So let's take Cliff King, Kingsbury for example. Like he's only been um, calling plays for the last few years, um, but what we have is, is looking at the the season totals. You you can see a percentage of calls where targets went to tight ends and targets went to wide receivers, uh, targets went to running backs and. If you can look at the, the averages that come out of that, it might not be a perfect um, match, but you can get a bit of an idea about where you know, the, uh, the focus runners are going to. So um, you might say that 45% uh, of um, targets are going to the wide receivers. So you can get a bit of an idea about, right, I need to give that many targets to the wide receivers, spread out a bit more. And then once you've got all those targets spread out, then that's when your... Um, your tweaks can come in. So you say, well, this year they've got, they've got a better wide receiver core here. So I might give 
55% of the targets to the wide receivers and, you know, spread the rest out. And um, Breaking it down, certainly for, for coaches like um, Bill Belichick, who's been at the Patriots for, you know, years and years and years, <laughs> you can see a really good average come out in the last 10 years, the last five years, the last three years to him. And you get a bit of an idea about where those plays are probably going to go. The, the, the tricky thing is, is when you've got a, uh, a rookie offensive coordinator who's coming for his first year or a rookie head coach and, and it's trying to work out where where those things might go and uh, as we will see in some of the rankings later on that yeah it has been quite tricky to to estimate that but then you've got a, a plethora of data behind you from from previous years that might actually be able to help you assist when the, the coordinators haven't been there for that long yeah absolutely and it, it, it's one of those things where if you feel you've got a good baseline data, then that initially puts you in good stead because you trust the process from the beginning rather than just throwing a dart at a dartboard and using that number you've got there. If you know that, for instance, 566 plays is that team's total for the year, you can then adjust that accordingly. And and it will be teams like, I mean, Atlanta, Tennessee is, is a really good one to talk about with the Julio Jones trade recently. We could, you know, it affects both sides not both sides of the ball, but both offensive position, well, all the offensive positions for both teams, really. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's, there's, I can't see a way that it is negative, really, for, I think it's positive for more players than it is negative. And uh, I, I say that in a way that I think Matt Ryan obviously suffers losing a, one of the best talents at wide receiver. And, and although they have got generational talent in, in Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts isn't going to replace Julio Jones's production straight away that's just not going to happen um and if it does then we've seen something that will break the nfl Uh, and then i think on the other side you know tennessee everyone's worried about aj brown but i'm not sure it's the worst thing for aj brown you know they're they're different players in in my not just mine i've heard it all week you know they're very different players you Julio can bust plays over the top, even though he's he's getting on in age and aj brown is a yards after the catch monster we've seen that for the last two years. So I think they help each other. AJ Brown is not going to face double coverage because somebody's going to have to watch Julio Jones. And then you've got Derek Henry. So you've still got to watch the box because if they hand it off play action or whatever. So I think it helps all of them. And Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan, obviously for me, switch in, in projection and, and rankings. But I haven't had a chance yet to, to put Julio over to Tennessee on my rankings. I know you have, Rob. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's really interesting to see how Arthur Smith necessarily goes to the Falcons, but he might not run the same sort of offense or try and implement what he did in Tennessee. Cause we all thought, you know, they love a tight end. They love the running back. It's going to be Mike Davis and now Kyle Pitts, but then Julio's gone. So Hayden Hurst is still there. Two tight ends. That's a thing Arthur Smith has done. Is Hayden Hurst going to be hugely slept on as a tight end? Because we could see Kyle Pitts played as a wide receiver predominantly. And Hayden Hurst still be the tight end. So Hayden Hurst could have been erased into absolute nothingness by Kyle Pitts, but yet be a huge value come football season. So that's going to be a really interesting one to watch. And I think you've done these rankings already, Rob. And you did tell me earlier that you have. Is this PPR, half PPR standard? Where, where's your benchmark on this? Because I've set mine to half PPR. This is also half PPR as well, yeah. Okay, so currently, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, you have Kyle Pitts as your third tight end overall. I do, it's, yeah. It's very close with him and George Kittle. There's a matter of a point or two between them. 
that's huge. Uh, mm. I, it's it's exciting. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say you're wrong because that would be. How many points do you have him getting on the season, Rob? If you can drag that up, let's compare Kyle Pitts. But this is obviously pre Julio Jones leaving. So yeah. I had Kyle Pitts at 20 with 96 points. Now that will obviously that will obviously change when I I go in and adjust the Falcons. But where do you where do you have Kyle Pitts numbers wise? Add another hundred on that, and you're very close. Okay, so what? So what, what? Are you are you over two hundred or are you under the two hundred points mark? I am under two hundred, so I'm I've got one hundred ninety-five points. Okay, so for me, he would slide into if I had him in my rankings, he would slide in at fourth, just behind George Kittle, who has two hundred and fifteen. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson has one hundred ninety-three. So. Yeah, that's that's big. I'm not sure I'm going to have him that high. I don't think I can be that bold, but I can understand why you have. Um, let let's carry on talking about the Falcons and Tennessee because it's it's a hot topic right now. Has it done anything for for Derek Henry per se, or have you, who's the biggest mover or shaker from this for you with with the the move of Julio Jones? I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about that coverage going to Brown and Jones and. The, you know, if you've got players covering those two wide receivers, it's, it's players that are not filling the box. Um, I, I still have Derek Henry doing amazingly well. And in the, the recent article I put out about the Titans, um, I speculated that he was actually going to see more targets um, because he's been practicing his, his pass catching um, and he's, he's trying to become that more complete running back rather than just being the guy who's going to ground and pound it. Um, you can't do that forever and, and expect to, you know, have a have a long career in the NFL. So adding a little bit more variety to his game, I think is definitely going to help. So I've still got him down as over 300 rushing attempts um, and over 1,500 rushing yards. So he's still a, a big part of this team. Um, but then I, I've got him down as um, getting a comfortable amount of targets as well and even getting a, a reception touchdown. Okay. And and what about points wise? Where do you have him on your list of running backs? And bearing in mind this is half PPR, so perhaps standard would be slightly better for Henry. But I mean, saying that I've got him ranked second at the moment, so <laughs> I'm not hugely unsure of him in half PPR. So there is a four point difference between my running back two and running back four. Uh, he's currently my running back four, uh, just behind Dalvin Cook in third and, and Alvin Kamara in second. Interesting. And how many points do you have Derek Henry getting? 278. Oh, crikey. Okay, so Derek Henry is currently sitting second on my board with 294 points, but I've yet to adjust him slightly for the Julio Jones factor, so maybe he will slide down slightly because of that. But hey, I didn't realise I was that high on Derek Henry, which is annoying because I traded him away in the league we were in together, so... And that's also points for rushing attempt. And I've got him at 300 and something rush attempt. So that's just points I'm throwing away there. But hey, I did trade for... Uh, his name has completely escaped me, Rob. Zeke. I trade for, for Zeke yeah. earlier. There we go. I, I just had an absolute mind melt there. I couldn't remember who I was trading for. How peculiar. Very unlike me. Um, and, and we talked about it being half PPR. There is literally a league settings tab in these rankings that Kyle Yates provides where you just put in the value of your reception. So if it's standard, you put zero, half, you put 0. 0.5. PPR, you put one. Or if you want to 
adjust it for tight end premium. You can put two and just use the tight end ranks there and then see your final points. And and my rankings are based on fantasy points provided by the spreadsheet. So that's how my rankings are done. It's then not adjusted by feel like we mentioned earlier, Rob. Uh, where Where do you think that doing this is going to help you for a full season in fantasy football? Like, do you think you will rely on this going through the season? So if you do any startups, will you will you use this as your cheat sheet? Or is this mainly for you to get a feel of the season and, and stuff like that? I think I've used it more to get a feel of, of the season. Um, there's, there's plenty of players who I think feature a bit further down the list who I still think have been good value. And that's probably where you look at things like um, the, the value in the ADP as you go through the rounds. You can't get everyone who's in the top six. It's unless you've managed to get all those picks from, from somewhere. Um, so it's, it's more of getting a, getting a feel about how everyone is, is going to do. And, and you, you mentioned it earlier on as well. It's about getting the idea about the depth in the team. And that, that comes in really handy when you've got such a deep roster um, and you can look at those players who are on the waiver wire and go, you know, that player actually features as my wide receiver three for this team. And he's, I can get him for nothing. And I know that there are certain players who, you know, may, may be sitting out the next few weeks because they've picked up an injury. So being able to grab that player and, and put him in is, is going to be very handy. Um, but like, that's, uh, it's something that definitely helps me at the start of the season as well, get an idea about who, who those players are going to be and who I can grab as the season goes on. Yeah, and I think another thing in having, it's one thing to get a list of running backs and rank them from first to worst in how you feel they, they're going to do through the season. But it's, it's another thing to have the points total for me because, you know, Murph uh, is a huge proponent of having tiers. So rather than drafting, you know, your first, your second, just going down that list, if you've got tiers and you see someone is still available, for instance, in the fifth round, who's in your second tier of wide receiver and they haven't gone yet, you can grab that player as a value. And it's it's quite easy to do on the spreadsheet because you get all the numbers in front of you. So, for instance, my running backs are just... Um, we've got Cam Akers here at nine. Again, I haven't changed any of this, so there is scope for, for change, but I'll just run you through it. So Cam Akers is at ninth with 226 points. And then down to RJ Harris at 14, who's on 200 points. So those 26 points, there's not a lot. But if you go up from RJ 1 to 13, where Saquon Barkley is currently at 220, that's only six points between the ninth and the 13th running back. So there's five guys there who are essentially in a tier together. And all right, Saquon and Zeke could probably be a bit up, but they're coming off of an injury and a down season. Are they down forever now or is there going to be a resurgence? We're not sure. This is why we do rankings to see where we sit them and, and rankings constantly change. You know, you, you hear news from camp or somebody picks up an injury or and you can tweak stuff as you go and then therefore your rankings are consistently up to date as long as you update them and you're not using bad, old rankings, bad's the wrong word, old rankings. If you're using your your rankings and you see that these five guys are in the same tier and someone's taking cam makers way earlier than you think. And then Swift goes and Barkley's gone. Um, I've got JK Dobbins very high here. That might have to change, but he's here for the moment. And you think if you do trust your process, like I do and, and Dobbins is there, but he's available in the third and you think, well, he's one of my sort of second tier, third tier guys. 
but we're talking those top two tiers are elite guys. And like you said, if you're not picking in the top five, you're not getting one of the top tier running backs. That's just, but then Saquon Barkley's here at 13 and is he a top tier running back when fully fit? hundred percent he is. So that could be a steal value wise for me. So it's good to have a tier system in place because then you can see value going forward. And there, there's probably a really easy way of doing this uh, on Excel, Rob. But like I said, I'm a bit of a technophobe, so I can't draw boxes and stuff in that I'd, I'd feel happily doing. But there must be a way of doing it. But then you'd have to move them and stuff as stuff got tweaked. But I think it's also a really good way of getting a tier system in place that you can use in, in your drafts. Absolutely. And, and that's definitely going to help you in later rounds as well, where, you know, people are starting to just pick the top player from the board you know, rather than actually looking at, you know, where players sit in the teams and, you know, the, the projections. You can actually use these templates to your advantage and go, I'm, I'm actually getting a really good value here in the, let's say, the 12th round. You know, there's this player who you've got in your equivalent of the ninth round. So it's like, well, I'm going to take him three rounds later and, you know, you've got, you've got yourself a steal. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be good. I mean, everybody jumps into redrafts left, right and centre, but obviously best ball now available on Sleeper. That's a really good way of, of racking up the leagues without actually having to do any in-season inputs. And it would be, I think it would be fascinating to use my, because I haven't actually done any yet. I think it would be fascinating to use my live rankings as I do them, as my ADP. So almost just squash out the Sleeper ADP in front of me use my cheat sheet from Excel that I've got that is all the all the rankings are on one sheet. I don't have to flick between tabs or anything. It's all there. It's very easy to make another sheet that you drag the information from one onto the other where they're all there. They change as you make them in the changes in the player profile projection sheet. Sorry. So you haven't got to worry about copy and pasting. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, when you highlight them, color them off when they've gone, how my rankings or our rankings, depending on how we use them, sit against at the end of the season. You know, if I do 10 best balls, see how my rankings held up at this point and going forward, because I think that's a good, a good baseline. And I actually think that's probably a very good way of seeing how your rankings work anyway, to see how effective they are for next season, because it's all very well having them for dynasty or having them for redraft. But if you're in a dynasty league, then... You do, you're not really doing the rankings for the Dynasty League because essentially you're just doing them for trade targets in a Dynasty. And then who's jumping into loads of redraft leagues? We might have a couple that we've got home leagues, but actually you just don't want to do the waiver wire work. So best ball, this, this works perfectly for me for best ball for tweaking my rankings going into next year. Oh, yeah. And you've already mentioned one of the great things that you can do with, with this template. You know, you, you get it off, you know, kind of, it up tail and yeah you you just put those tiers in that's one extra thing that's another way that you can use your your data um i i, I personally think that sleeper bring out best ball it has been a great move for them you know they they are going to get a lot of players who are going to move away from other other platforms to to stick with them now because they've got all the other leagues there yeah auction best ball is they're they've cornered the market now essentially with usability because the sleeper app all right, the chat function stuff and the messaging's are a bit terrible, but it, it's serviceable at best. And then you, you create a chat group, whether it's a WhatsApp or a Facebook Messenger or Discord or however it is you like to chat. And, and then you just, you're, you're off and running and Sleeper's got everything you need. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a one-stop shop now, Sleeper. I mean, we're not sponsored by Sleeper. Yo, Sleeper, if you're listening, you want to sponsor the podcast, help yourselves. Um, but, yeah, I think... 
it is a good way, I think, of, I mentioned it, gaining knowledge on roster, but also becoming a better fantasy football player because you have your own, not stab in the dark, but you, you've got your own stab at the rankings. You can, try, you can go in with your process rather than select your best, uh, uh, not professionals, analysts on fantasy pros and just thinking, oh, these five guys, I trust them. And that's a fine way to do it. If you don't want to do projections, by all means, select your favorite analysts, put them all into a blender, blend them all together and, and spit their rankings out and use them. But uh, I think for me, doing it this way just means that I am at fault if it goes wrong and yeah. I can then change my process next year rather than you know, following those five guys again next year. And it might be the case that you haven't won a championship in four years. You do a bit of rankings and I'm not saying you're going to suddenly turn out to be the number one ranker. You're not going to be Justin Boone or somebody like that, but you might be a bit more effective in your own league because you've done a bit more research into it. So I think if you, if you want to go at projecting, you know, tweet us at five yard rush, tweet Rob at five yard, Rob, ask where to get the projection models. We'll help you out. We'll get you on your way. And it's a lot of fun, Rob. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the good thing is you and I spent several night long, dark, cold, wintry nights on the zoom chat going through rankings and, it's very beneficial to do it with someone who a, you know, you're part of the five year old family. I trust everybody in the family. I trust your fantasy football outlook, but B you're not a closed box situation. Then, you know, you're not just sat there thinking this guy's going to get a hundred targets. Whereas everyone else might be thinking he's only going to get 75 and those 25 targets are going to be a lot. So when you sit there and you bounce ideas off of each other, it can be well, you know, actually Rob's right. There, there could be another target there, or he's not going to get that many rush attempts because the O line is terrible, or you know his yards per carry is going to be less. Or X, Y, Z, and it, it, the more ideas in one bucket, they you tend to get the better out of it rather than a very one-sided approach. And I'm not going out there telling everyone to go and find someone to do your rankings with because <laughs> that would be wrong. But I found it very useful to bounce ideas off of you, Rob. I don't know whether you felt the same or. It, it, I'm not here asking you to say yes. If you want to say no and you want to do it on your own, that's fine too. No, it definitely was very useful. And you don't see these kind of conversations enough. You see a lot of, um, particularly on Twitter as well. I know you're not on Twitter, so you might not see this as much, but you'll see someone come out with their opinion about a player getting a certain number of targets. And then you'll have someone else saying, well, I, I don't think that's true. But the 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 presentation of facts and why they think um, that is the case doesn't really appear as much. And having these conversations with you and you know presenting arguments and, and hearing counter arguments actually makes you realise that yeah may, maybe that opinion does need to change a bit on my side of things and may, maybe uh, I can be more receptive of getting those opinions from other people and and it takes you out of your own echo chamber. I think that's that's the big thing about it. You you hear a world of opinions and I think that could be really useful. Yeah, absolutely. And it is one of those things where perhaps you just have forgotten something or you didn't know that perhaps a guy is struggling with an injury that he picked up in camp, but it's not big news because he's only the wide receiver three, but actually that could have an impact on the wide receiver two or the tight end because there might be a couple more targets that way, but you hadn't heard it or, you know, those sort of things that, that you might think, well, had I have not talked to Rob about that, I wouldn't heard it or I wouldn't know that because I hadn't approached. And I'm not saying it's the be all and end all to talk to someone, but the more inform- information knowledge is power. 
And the more information and points of view you can take on board, I'm all about it. You know, I, I love learning and I love watching and I love listening and I love picking stuff up. And I find that if it's beneficial, I think if you can provide any argument or point with some form of backup and it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not saying you've got to come up with a thesis, but if you've got some sort of research behind that point and that's your take, I'm happy. Whether I think you're right or wrong, if you can present that in a way that makes me feel that you've, rather than just you're wrong, but not saying why, if you can say why or why you think I'm wrong, I'll be like, okay, that's your opinion. You might have changed my mind. You might not have done, but at least you've told me that he's going to get this amount of carries because of this or because this might happen. Or, you know, it's one of those things. I think I'm not going to sit here on a soapbox and go on a political rant because that would be unfive-yard rush of me and hey, look, Murph's not here and I'm going off on one. So Rob, reel me in, reel me in. Um, <laughs> should we go through some some half-point rankings? Just, you know, maybe five, top five, top ten. I appreciate it, Rush Nation. This is a very unusual show for us, but I figured it was time for me to talk some projections. And 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 I figured maybe there's somebody, something out there, Rob, that we've got very different and it might be a good conversation starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, Let's get them loaded up. Let's have a look what we've got. So we'll just do the top ten at each position. I'll run through mine. Bearing in mind, I haven't done the Julio stuff, so mine's going to be a little bit tweaked, but I, I don't imagine it will change too much apart from maybe Kyle Pitts going up. But if he makes it into my top 10, I'll still be shocked. So my top 10 quarterbacks, it's not really affected by PPR, but I've got Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, one, two, three, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Big Ben, that seems high. Taysom Hill, because I think he's going to be the starter. But the more I hear about it, the more I think Jameis might be. Kirk Cousins. And then I've got Deshaun Watson at 10. This is based on him playing. And Aaron Rodgers at 11. So perhaps Roland Tannehill at 13 now could skyrocket above those three very quickly. I don't know. Oh, right. Um, that, is, <laughs> that is interesting. Um, Ryan Tannehill actually features in my top 10 now. I th- to be fair, I think he will quickly rise to maybe six or seven. Um, so, um, starting in my one, two, three, I've got Lamar Jackson at one, uh, then Josh Allen and Kyra Murray at three. Uh, I've got Mahomes at four, Russell Wilson at five, and then Mr. Tom Brady comes in at six. Um, I think his, his past attack is very convincing this year, <laughs> uh, especially now he's got them all back. Yeah. Uh, Tannehill is at seven. Uh, I know you were saying that you've got Big Ben quite high. I've got an eight, um, um, simply because I think he's going to be throwing a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they still haven't. They've got a good. They've got a good uh, pass protection line, but in terms of the run, there is nothing there still. So uh, there's going to be a lot of passing. Uh, I've got the number one pick from last year at nine. So Joe Burrow is at nine, and then I've got Tatum Hill at ten. So I, I'm feeling the same as you in terms of having Hill over Winston. Interesting. So no Kirk Cousins in your top 10 or Watson or Rogers, but who knows what's happening there. Out of interest, Rob, where have you got Trevor Lawrence currently ranked? Trevor Lawrence is at quarterback 13, and he is just below Watson and Rogers, actually. 13, that's strong. Mm, very very strong. strong. I've got Matt Ryan at 21 here, and that's with Julio Jones, so Matt Ryan could be vastly disappearing off fantasy relevance. And then looking here... I, I can't, there's nothing else really that scares me on my top 10 there should we should we move on to the running backs we, sure, we yeah. 
it's pretty obvious that uh, Christian McCaffrey's at number one, bearing him if he's fully fit. That must make you super proud as a Panthers fan, Rob. Oh yes, um, there, there's there's been a little bit of worry about the the variety of injuries he picked up last season because they were all different injuries that he went out for. So I'm just hoping he's recovered from all of them before he can you know set down with a great season. So, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful he comes back. Um, we've had two seasons in a row now where a big player has gone out injured and it's caused our season to derail. So Newton in 2019, McCaffrey mm-hmm. last year. I just hope we, we can keep fit and prove ourselves this year. Absolutely. So I've got McCaffrey, Henry Kamara, one, two, three, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler at four, five, six. Then I've got Chris Carson at seven, Aaron Jones at eight, Cam Akers at nine and JK Dobbins rounding out the top 10. I've then got Zika at 11 and Barkley at 13 and then Najee Harris, the rookie at 14. Right. So for me, <laughs> Najee Harris is down at running back 26. Get out, Rob. Get out. He is a long way down. Um, and again, I think that comes back to the fact that Steelers haven't addressed the protection for the run game. He's going to be doing a lot of running, but I don't think he's going to get the yardage. I think it's going to be very difficult and it's going to resort back to Big Ben throwing to keep the Steelers in the game. Um, so he's down there uh, at 26. But in terms of my top 10, CMC is my number one, quite a long way off number two, which is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Um, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Mike Davis are my top five. Uh, oh, so Mike Davis, I Mike love Davis. that. Mike Davis, yeah. Um, I think he's going to be one of the major beneficiaries of the move. Um, he's not got a lot of wear on the on the tyres, not a lot of wear on the tread because he's only really been used last season in an extensive role, um, and he proved he could be a pass catcher there as well. So I, I'm thinking he's he's going to get a lot of those screen passes, bubble passes. You know, uh, catching, you know, uh, block and release. He's going to get some of those as well, just because they're going to push the defenders down the field. So I can see him doing very well there. Um, number six, Nick Chubb. Number seven, Aaron Jones. Number eight, Austin Eckler. Number nine is Chris Carson. And then number 10 is Cam Akers. Okay. Did you say Barkley? Barkley is my number 13. So he's my about 13. Oh, same as me. Okay, now I don't yeah. feel quite so bad. Although I would like to see Barkley top three because I think he's that good. It's a bit of a shame. And then where about Zeke? Did you mention Zeke? He is just above at 12. Um, so I've got Saquon Barkley at 220 and Ezekiel Elliott at 222. Interesting. Okay, we're, we're on the same sort of line there then, which is good. Let's move on to wide receiver. Now, with... Kyler Murray being my number one quarterback, it only makes sense that Newt Hopkins is my number one wide receiver. I've then got Michael Thomas at number two, Justin Jefferson at three, Tyreek Hill at four, AJ Brown at five. That might slide a little bit now, but only a smidge. Diggs at six, Devontae Adams at seven, Amari Cooper at eight, Alan Robinson at nine, and then DK Metcalf rounds out my top 10. We should probably be doing 12s here, Rob, for wide receiver one, but we've started at 10. We're going to finish at 10, and we'll come back and do 12s another time. <laughs> so um, I also have Nuke at my number one. Um, and then I've got Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks. Now, this is all based on whether or not <laughs> Deshaun plays. Um, but I think he's going to do uh, very well. 
for the Texans. But I think this all, like I say, all depends on if Sean plays. Even if he doesn't, I still think he's going to do well. But I, I imagine if he doesn't, that will, he will drop down. But then uh, I've got Alan Robinson finishing off my top 10. Love that. Whereabouts have you got Jamal Chase ranked? He is just below. He is my wide receiver at 11. That is spicy, and I love it. So spicy. <laughs> yeah, I've got him at 26 currently, which feels a little bit low because I think he could be perennially brilliant. But I'm maybe conservative a little bit on Jamar Chase there. But hey, these rankings are old, like I said, and they will be tweaked. And I'll uh, we need to update the website with the book rankings. So once Murph is back from his vacay, I will uh, I'll get him to provide me with his rankings, and we'll go from there, Rush Nation. And then finally, Rob. We've both got Darren Waller at number one, right, as a tight end one. We do, yep. Yeah, all aboard that. Travis Kelsey is just behind at two for me. Then George Kittle, Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Andrews, Mark Andrews. That was terrible English there. Rush Nation, apologies. So that was at five. Then I got Noah Fant at six, Jonu Smith at seven, Jared Cook at eight, Hunter Henry at nine, two Patriots tight ends in the top ten. Something's gone terribly wrong here. And then Dallas Goddard at ten. <laughs> so I'm thinking our top seven have the same players in. Um, so Darren Waller is my number one. Um, again, I, c- I can feel the people getting on the Twitter, bashing those keyboards. Uh, you know, as, as we go, it's like I can't, I can't believe you've got Darren Waller at number one. But um, th- it's just what the projections say. That's you know, <laughs> yeah. that's what it comes out as. Uh, Kelsey is my number two though, uh, and then there's a significant gap between two and three. Uh, which is Kyle Pitts, and then a very, very small gap between Pitts and George Kittle. TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and Noah Fant are my five, six, and seven. Uh, John U. Smith is my eight. And then I have gone with Jack Doyle and Mike Gesicki are my nine and ten. Wowzers, Jack Doyle. You've got him as the Colts number one, eh? Mm. Um, I, I, I think that Wentz, you know, he has been very used to using... His tight ends, uh, he's used Ertz, he's used Goddard, he used Richard Rogers when he was there as well. But um, I, I, I think that Jack Doyle could be a very sneaky, uh, sneaky value here. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the, the conviction behind that, which is always, always good. Rob, we've talked a lot about projections. I massively appreciate you jumping on and uh, and helping me break down if I don't know if I've done it any justice or not. I don't know if Rob and I have done it any justice, Rush Nation. If you have any questions at Five Yard Rush, I'm sure Rob won't mind you messaging him on Twitter either if you've got anything about the projections. Don't go in there and smash Rob because he's got Darren Waller number one because you have me to deal with you here. Listen, it is... I just looked it up. If you want the the the, the model, it's kyleyates.online. It's just at the bottom of that. It, it just There's a link to it. It's a template. You download it. It's as simple as that. Rob, is there anything you've been working on or going to be working on re- coming up that you'd like to plug over on the website or anything like that? So yeah, we have had two of my uh, Hit the Targets articles go out. We've had the Detroit Lions and we've had the Titans as well. The next one is going to be uh, another team. I'm not going to say who exactly, but there's definitely a team uh, that have had their fair share of injuries, uh, certainly last season, and already have had a few injuries appear in, in the mini camps as well. So um, that article is going to be coming out at some point in the next week. Um, and then it's just, yeah, 
get, getting ready for for the season and then covering some of the old um, series that I had at the at the start of last season as well. Smashing workers always make hugely appreciate you and your time. It's at Five Yard Rob, right? That's your Twitter handle. It is indeed. I'm I'm ready for the Travis Kelsey tight end one um, <laughs> fan club. Let the barrage begin, Rush Nation. Don't forget to head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk to check out Rob and the gang's fantastic work currently on there, article-wise. The college pod is going great guns. The dynasty pod is going great guns. Huge news. We have an IDP podcast and article series pretty much ready to go. Our man, Nath, and his co-host, who is yet to be named, which is exciting in itself, are primed, ready to go. That is massive, massive news for Five Yard Rush, but for also for IDP in general, because we feel we've come up with the new industry standard for scoring. I'll let Nath take it away on the Five Yard IDP pod, but just watch out for that coming. Don't forget, there is also a PDF of the 2021 playbook over on fiveyardrush.co.uk. If you want a PDF, that's over there. It's in the shop. And if you want a paperback, head over to Amazon, search for the 2021 playbook, fantasy football playbook, because then it will definitely take you to it. And it's there for your delight. I'm halfway through reading my own book, which is bizarre, but entertaining at the same time, Rob. It's great <laughs> fun. I've made some notes down that Murph has taken slide digs at me and points where he's mocked me in drafts and used my weaknesses against me. So big man, if you're listening, this is uh, this is a warning. It won't be so easy to roll me over this year. And then finally, Rush Nation, we are you our charity this year is a charity called Unique and awareness for that charity. The awareness week for Unique is coming up at the end of June. We're going to be doing some big, big things to raise awareness for Unique, Unique, the charity. We've got giveaways. We've got we're setting up a very special unique scoring format. We're going to be asking for a donation. We're going to explain all about it in next week's pod. It's not going to be a lot, but it's going to be very meaningful to one of our team. This charity is very close to our heart and we want to try and raise as much money as possible for Unique through the FFCC, through sales of the Fantasy Football Playbook and through the Awareness Week. So there's going to be lots of good things coming. It's going to be exciting. Fantasy Football is in full overdrive. Have I missed anything, Rob, in my outro? Not at all. There's just so much going on, is there? I'm... I'm... I can understand if you think you've missed something, but you've, you've got it all. Thank you very much, man. Listen, appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast as always. Somebody stat-based who uses the same model as me. It was hard to find. You fitted the bill perfectly. Chat soon, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Rush Nation, that is it for this week, podcast-wise. You had the DFS guys on Monday. You had Rich on Wednesday. You had the College Boys on Wednesday. You've got us on Thursday. We'll leave you Friday free for now. But as always, Rush Nation, stay safe and don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. 
Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.